Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Can we put our hands together for Pastor Lindsay as he comes on up? And... Awesome, you may be seated, man. It's good to be here. I feel like I'm home. Uh, We were here, of course. Uh, Can you put that picture back up where you talked about praise party from last year? Um, That guy, uh, I was like, well, what's different about him? Uh, I dyed my hair, that's why I'm different. (laughs) Uh, No, honestly, last time when I was here, uh, we, I was part of that praise party. It was your 25th anniversary, and it was an incredible time. But if I'm being honest, uh, you guys almost killed me last time. Uh, we were doing a couple songs, and we were in song one, and we started with Seal for you, completely consumed me. And then we went to another song, which was, I think, was, I know you can. And I was jumping, and I was giving it all. And about halfway through the song, I walked over to the keyboard, and I had to lean over. Now, what y'all didn't know, I was going, because <gasps> I couldn't breathe. And uh, I was like, ah, I think we're going to make some changes here. And so God really challenged me in a lot of areas. And so uh, I brought back about 25 less kilos than you saw there. Yeah. Um, And I say that honestly to give God glory because there's so much left to do. And I want to be alive and healthy and strong and ready and mobile and able to really dance tonight and not pass out. <laughs> as well as having the moments in God's presence that are going to be life-changing. And so thank you, Pastor Julian and Pastor Sharon. I love being here. I love being a part of this, this house and what God's doing in this place. And you know what? I don't want to take too much time, so let's jump into the Word. Turn with me over to... Over to Matthew chapter 16, if you're taking notes, and I'm going to jump in on your series. You can pull that one down now and put up your title if you would, because I've got a word that goes along with what you've been talking about. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. One more time, when I heard that title, I was like, oh yeah, I like that title. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. All right, so in Matthew chapter 16, for these next few moments, it says, When Jesus arrived in the villages of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, What are people saying about who the Son of Man is? And verse, part, verse 14 says, And they replied, Some think that he is John the baptizer. Some say he is Elijah. Some say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then Jesus, in verse 15, he presses them on the issue of who do you say that I am? And this is so significant in this passage because, interestingly enough, Jesus is dealing with his disciples in a place called Caesarea Philippi, but it's a place where there was so much demonic activity, there was so much, uh, there was just a lot of crazy stuff going on. So in this, in this area and in this region where he needed them to know who they were, so he, so he needed them to know who he was so they could know who they were, Jesus presses them on that issue. Verse 15, it says, he pressed them. And he said, how about you? 
Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter spoke up and said, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus came back to him said, and said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now, this is what we're going to land, land on today. And now I am going to tell you who you really are. Now, that's significant this morning. As a matter of fact, let's just pray one more time. Father, we welcome you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for hearts that are open, ears to hear. And God, whatever you want to do this morning, as we've already set a great atmosphere, I ask you to permeate this room right now with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So it goes on. Jesus says to him, and I'm going to tell you who you are, who you really are. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Can you put that picture up for me? I've got a picture this morning of someone that's very special. That is the queen of Zimbabwe. <laughs> yeah, not really. That is my grandmother. Her name is, they, we call her Mbuya. And I put that picture up and I wanted to show you who she is because I just met her four years ago. And I didn't know she existed, but she knew I existed my whole life. I met her four years ago on one of the most significant trips of my entire life. It was a time where it was life-changing for me. By the way, I'm a storyteller, so I'm just going to tell y'all some stuff out of my heart. Can, I, can we do that? Can we, can we have story time with PL this morning? <laughs> right, because you get so much word in scripture and y'all got all the stuff, but, I, but, I, but you don't know me from Adam. So let me tell you a little bit about who I am. So, so I met I'll give you the backstory. So my whole life... I was born, raised without a father, didn't have a father in my home. My mom raised us, me and my four sisters. As a matter of fact, one of my sisters is here with me in London for the first time. She's never been out of the country, and she's doing all the tourist stuff, man. I mean, she's doing the bus rides and seeing the palaces and the things. And we saw the Queen's Jewels the other day, and I was like, boy, this thing is not gaudy. Uh, I've seen some real jewels. But um, so... My, I was raised without, without a father, and my whole life, I had been told that I'm Nigerian. And so, I've been to other countries, been to other places, and I would go to places, especially I went to Kenya one time, I went to, uh, to South Africa, I've been to different places in Africa, and every time I would go, people, I would tell them, hey, I'm Nigerian, and they say, oh yeah, well you look like you're from the tribe of da 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 and your nose is just like the tribe of da 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 right? They would all tell me, and you must have, and then I would tell them that I also have a brother-in-law who is actually Nigerian. His name is Abalaji Olomuyua Akimbo. <laughs> Did I say it right? Okay, they're like, ah, maybe, he tried. Yeah, Abalaji Olomuyua Akimbo, and my two nephews are named uh, Ore, uh, Ore Oluwa Akimbo. Uh, my other nephew is Ayo Alaja Akimbo. You see, I'm saying that that's, that's, my, that's the best accent I got. And, and then, and then, and then, my niece's name is Shade Oluwa Akimbo as well. And 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 so so they're they're Nigerian. Everybody said, "Oh, you're Nigerian. You're Nigerian. Nigerian." So what I didn't know was that my mom had been holding this story 
and wasn't full on. Actually, she didn't even really know that he was. My father was not Nigerian. I found out my father was Zimbabwean. Yeah. (laughs) He's going to tell me who I am. This is significant because God said it. I believe it. That settles it. But when you don't know who you are, how many of you know, unbelief, doubt can enter into your mind. So I realized then when I went over to Zimbabwe, I found out this grandmother was there and she told me that she'd been praying for me. She knew me. She walked up. I walked up. And when I tell you this is like the, I mean, absolute, it was full on like you know, I won't say tribal, but it was like no running water, no, you know, all the stuff. And she, she greeted me at the front door with her cute little pearls on. And she was, at the time she was 94 and she just passed, uh, last year at 98 years old. And I got a chance to listen to her as best she could in Zimbabwean language, explain to me some of my history. And I say all that because I realized that so much of my life was lived with an identity crisis and not fully sure of who God had called me to be. And then you add on top of it the fact that I didn't even have a proper understanding of who my natural father was. Does that make sense to anybody? And I don't know what it's like here, but I know in the States, there are so many people, there's such a high level of single mothers, There's such a huge level, high level of kids and young people who've grown up without dads, without fathers, without that male figure in their life, without that role model, without somebody speaking into them, declaring over them. And I found it very interesting that God would wait until I was in my late 40s to actually reveal to me what my natural heritage was. But before that, he had shown me one of the greatest revelations of my personal life, was he showed me himself as my father. Now this ain't deep, but it really helps you when you come into a scenario like God said it, I believe it, that settles it. There's an interesting verse in Mark chapter 9, and it's a dichotomous verse. Mark chapter 9 says, He's talking to this man, this, this young, this man comes to Jesus. He's got a child who is full. I mean, he's possessed. He's dealing with stuff, sickness, not possessed, but he's dealing with sickness and he's wanting Jesus to heal his son. So in Mark chapter nine, verse 23, it says, what do you mean? Jesus says to this. So the guy says to Jesus, Hey, if you can heal my son, Jesus, please heal my son. If you can heal my son, Jesus, would you please heal him? If you can, if you can. So Mark chapter nine, he comes and he says, Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if? Where's the if at? He says, anything is possible if a person believes. Somebody say amen. Amen. I know you got some mountains that need to be moved. I know that there are situations. I know you're living in a place and a scenario. We've been talking about the war. There's so much stuff that we need to be able to believe that God can do the impossible. We need to be able to hold on to that type of faith, understanding, revelation. But this is an interesting verse because the guy goes on in verse 24 and he says, and then the father instantly cried out, I do believe, 
but help me overcome my unbelief. Now that doesn't sound like this great powerful moment, but what I'm telling you is I see God working in that scenario. Because there's so many times when we have, here's, here's how it works, y'all. As pastors, as leaders, I can tell you this. When I'm with my team, when we are preaching, when we're doing what we're doing, we speak in absolutes. It is this way, it is thus and so. And that's the way I believe God wants us to posture ourselves. But how many of you know, in this scenario, this guy said, I believe, but there's moments when doubt tries to creep in. I believe because I've seen what you've done in other spaces. I watched the fact that you've healed other people. I brought my son to you because I believe that you can heal him. But God, please help the space where there has been doubt creeping in. Am I talking to anybody? I stand firm on the promises of God. I stand firm on what I expect him to do. I stand firm in what I'm hoping and believing and fighting for and sowing for and standing for. But I would be lying to you if I told you that there aren't moments when I doubt. There are moments when I have questions. So I had to go back to this concept of, look what Jesus does, like I said, in Mark, excuse me, in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus says to him, until you understand who I am, you're not going to understand who you are. So this fatherless child trying to figure out who God is, trying to figure out who my natural father was. So I didn't understand how to receive love and attention from male figures. I was unsure and uncertain and uncomfortable about certain aspects of masculinity. I was very walking through and I've said this before, but I have the gift on my life puts me in front of people. Because of what I do, the nature of how God created me, it brings me up on platforms. But do you know, for so long, so much of the ministry that I walked out, I felt how almost like an imposter syndrome. Because I'm thinking to myself, if I don't even know who my father is, how can I know who that father is? If I'm not sure of who I am in the natural, if I'm not secure in what my actual birthright is, how can I lay a hold of the spiritual promises that God gave me? Interesting, because I've never been to a church or a country or a scenario where I haven't found many people in the room who've dealt with the exact same thing. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus wants you to know who you are. He wants you to know that you are a son and you are a daughter. He wants you to know that the power of the word that he speaks over you, he said it, he wants you to believe it for real. Because part of accessing the promises is you actually believing what he said for you. Come on. Part of you laying a hold of those things is making sure that those spaces where doubt tries to creep in and questions try to creep in and things try to undermine who God has called you to be, when those things try to creep in, 
God says, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Who, everybody else is saying I'm something, but who do you say that I am? And as soon as, as Peter, actually at the, at the time, Simon, as soon as he understood and got that revelation, it's like God said to him, okay, now I'm about to show you who you are. And the calling of God and the things of the Spirit and the stuff that he's got set in front of us are so much bigger than my little mind <laughs> could comprehend. And I stand up on these platforms and I get a chance to do the worship piece and I love it. I love it. I mean, there's nothing to me greater than the opportunity to lead people into the presence of God. I love it. I live for it. By the way, tonight is going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Yeah. And I'm going to keep sweating in too. So, you know, it just is what it is. But I want you to make sure that in this room, in this moment, in those who are watching by live stream, that there's no question in your mind of who God is. That there's no doubting who God's created than you to be. Sons, daughters, heirs, those who hold account the promises that he's made for us. It seems so basic, right? But at the end of the day, I've watched over and over and over again people live in less than what was available to them because they questioned who they were in God. Can I tell you how many times I had to walk through scenarios and find myself now, thank God, on the other side and so much of it, but I had to walk through these moments of complete, like I said, insecurity, doubt, wonder, questions, and I'm so grateful. I got a chance to share some of this last night with the young adults. By the way, if you're in the room, say, what's up? Hey, hey, hey. There you are. What a great time we had last night. But I start thinking through the way God very strategically put me in the church that I'm in, with the pastors and the leaders that I'm with, with people who had a mother and a fathering heart for me, people who had the type of disposition that kind of worked with my character and my personality, people who wanted something more than just a servant, but they wanted a son, people who were able to invest in something in my heart and in my life, and then help me walk through some of the challenges and things that I had. Again, I'm not up here just giving you a sob story. I'm trying to tell you, can I just be real with you? I mean, that's just kind of part of, that's part of my thing. It's like I just I shoot real straight and, and we don't have it all together all the time. And there's stuff we have to deal with and we have to overcome and we have to break through and we have to decide and choose to just hold on to the promises of God. I love the fact that right now you guys are in the middle of doing some building stuff and I know you can't talk a lot about it, but you're believing God and pastor by the, by the, by the word and the spirit of God, let it be yes and amen. Let it be yes and amen. And we fought. And we've had to stand and our community is a little bit different than this and, and the things that we've had to overcome to get into that space. But we had, to, we had to know who we were in God. We were able to go to our scenarios and say, the Father has need of this. And we've, by the way, the Father, God has need of this. God has need of your breakthrough, need of your space, need of the expansion. Need, and the, can we pray?
Yeah. I think about that, that passage where Jesus saw the colt and he was tied up and he said, just go to that colt and you're going to say, all you have to say, the master has need of it. The master has need of it. And that thing's going to be released. I believe that over this building, over this project, over this house. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we say that the master has need of it. The master has need of it. It's not an ego thing. It's not just a want. It's not it's just a, a desire. It's a need for the kingdom. And so, God, I ask you to move mountains because you've called him your son. I ask you in the name of Jesus to move obstacles. I ask you to do the impossible. Let it be yes in our man. God, you said it. We believe it. And that's going to settle it, God. So in the name of Jesus, master, you have need of it. Release it to them. In Jesus' name, we stand and believe. Amen. 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 And so through that process, having gone to that nation and spending some time with, with, my, with my grandmother, Mbuya is what they call her in African, Zimbabwe, they started talking about my history. And they explained to me that my father was the youngest of all the children in the family. I had another seven or eight uncles and aunts that I didn't know about. As a matter of fact, one of my aunts lives in the UK that I'm hoping I can get in touch with before I leave here. And they ended up telling me that of all of the grandchildren, I was one of the last ones. But they said to me, and this was one of the most powerful moments of that entire trip, he said to me that they had been believing for someone in the bloodline, for someone in my bloodline to be a pastor or a minister. They'd been believing it. They'd been asking God, can you bring somebody who can carry that spiritual heritage? through our bloodline. And I found out from one of my uncles, he was the coolest old dude. He had like all the Zimbabwean garb on. He was like 80, 78 something years old. And he had cataracts in his eyes, so he couldn't, he was actually fully blind. And I walked in and he started singing these Zimbabwean hymns. And when I tell you, I felt the presence of God like I've never felt it before. This old dude in the house. Yeah, he was an old dude. I mean, it's cool. But this old dude starts singing and worshiping God and going through these hymns. And he said, he started crying. And he said, he called me, my, he said, my son. He said, my son, my son, my son, you don't know. But we've been praying for generations for someone in our family to carry Jesus to speak to the nations, to do the things. And, and we're so overwhelmed. And he started, he's just really started crying. And he said, we're just overwhelmed to have you in this room right now because you're a fulfillment of some of the promises that God had made to our family and our bloodline. And I tell you, I tell you that again, not, not about me, but I would never have been able to walk in the fulfillment of my purpose if I didn't understand who God had made me to be. Every time I believe, but help my unbelief. He helped me walk through to overcome. I know I've got to land here, but here's the thing. 
I simply believe that some of you are generation changers in this room. I believe it like I know my name. There are some of you who have something on your life that is going to be a generational shifter for your families. I believe that some of you will be the people who will be the first ones maybe to finish school or college. You'll be the first ones to own businesses. You'll be the first ones to break through. You'll be the first ones to know Jesus and raise your children in a godly environment. I believe it, but you got to know who you are, who you've been called to be. I don't have any more time, but let me show you lastly here in the scripture in Ephesians chapter one, verse six, one through 16, it says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may know that you may grow in knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called. Why? His holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you understand, I love this part, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. For us who believe, the greatness of God's power, the rest of that verse goes on and talks about it's the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that overcame the power of the grave. That's who you are. Sons and daughters, Children of God, heirs of the promise, you ain't lost, you're not abandoned. I don't know if you know the word, but in my, in my language, or in our, I think it's universal, but when you are a, one who's born without your both parents, you're called, it's called bastard. And what that title means is illegitimate dictionary says you're illegitimate you are less than you are unworthy do you understand if I was carrying that label my entire life I was feeling about what God could do through me and then God says no 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 you're not illegitimate you're not somehow less than what are you talking about come on I'm a son you're a daughter you're you're an heir of the promises you have access to what he's spoken over you we get to believe. We get to hold fast to what we know God has created us for. In every moment, in every room like this. Mm. I know it's in the room. I sense it in the room. I know there are people who are questioning identity and the fullness of who God has made you to be. This is not an American gospel. This ain't a my thing. This is a this is a God able to shift your destiny. I'll finish with this. I wouldn't be standing here, Pastor Jay. I really genuinely wouldn't had God not shown me this truth. Pastor Richard and I, we went through so much stuff through the years. You probably sense that when we're together, like we're just, I'm part of that family. But we, we went back and forth and he's just like, I see the gift in this guy. 
Now there's stuff on his life. I wasn't in some heinous sin or something, but it's just I couldn't get past the barrier of not knowing that I wasn't Nigerian. I was Zimbabwean. Right? Does that make sense? My Zimbabwean name, my full name is Lindsay Chucker Jambaya Seals. That's Zimbabwean. That ain't Nigerian. It's telling people my whole life, you're Nigerian. No, you ain't Nigerian. You're not Zimbabwean. But it means something to know who I am and to know who he is. He is your father. He's your defender. You are not less than. I got to wrap it up. I sense his presence today. And in the interest of time, dialed in boy dialed into the word of the Lord thank you Lord thank you Father thank you Father Abba Daddy Defender protector, identity giver. Go ahead and bow your heads for a moment. Here's what I'm going to do. If that story in any way resonates with you, because this, this series is amazing. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Some of you have been having problems having it settled because you're having problems believing because you don't know who you are. You've got identity, whatever. I really feel like this first, this, this first prayer, those without fathers, those who have dealt with that scenario, and you can keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, but I know, I know, I know that I know that I know that there are people in this room that I'm going to pray for today. So if that's you, Maybe you do know your last name. Maybe you do know where you came from. But you've got that whole, how can I know God as Father if I didn't know my natural Father? And it's affected your identity, your trust, your ability to believe and to own the promises. I want you to lift your hands because I'm going to pray for you. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you and you. And you and you. And you. Keep them up. And you. Right there, I see you. I see you. You're the worship guy. Aren't you supposed to be making us jump and shout and dance? Yep. But we're also going to get you healed up. <laughs> so that praise comes from a place of healing. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, if you could just pray in the Holy Spirit real lightly under. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this moment together. And God, just the simple word, the simple promise of what you said, we can believe. But Lord, you said, start off by knowing who we are in you, by declaring who you are. So God, I thank you that every person in this room who's got their hand raised and 
has felt a similarity or an understanding or a connection to this word. I ask you, God, in this next season to show them who they are. Show yourself to them as their father, Lord, as their protector, as their identity giver. Thank you, God, that they know their name. They know their promises. They know who you've called them to be. God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for every person on the sound of my voice that that resonates with. God, you're moving, you're working, you are shifting right now in Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Everybody else in the room, who, if there's anybody in this room today, who hasn't found the on-ramp to this whole discussion, which is firstly having Jesus in your heart. I don't spend a lot of time with this because I believe if you're ready and your hearts are primed and your spirit is pumped, you're ready to receive that word. Right now, there is no greater access to the promises God has made for you than to know who Jesus is in your own personal life. To have him as your Lord, to have him as your savior, to bring him in, to ask him, to invite him. If you've never done it, or maybe you've done it and you need to do it again because you've fallen away or you've backed away from who he's made you to be, you've doubted, you've had questions this morning, I'm gonna ask you right now on the count of three, get your heart ready, get yourself stirred up. Know that he loves you, know that he's here, he's waiting, he's available, he's ready for you. He wants to change your life too. That his, his promises to you are yes and amen that he is your God, he is your father, that you are ready to submit and commit your life and then begin to walk this thing out like you've never done before. On the, on the count of three, one, two, three, if that's you, lift your hand, lift your hand, lift your hand. If that's you, lift your hand, that's you. If you wanna know who Jesus is as Lord and Savior, lift your hand, I see you, I see you. Come on, anybody else wanna lift that hand up to know who Jesus is as Lord and Savior in this room? Thank you, thank you, I see you as well. And that's why we do what we do. Thank you for your presence, God. You're good. You're faithful. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you got something out of that, give him praise today.